Well, it's a decidedly beautiful evening and has been a beautiful day today, weather-wise, and I think it's going to continue all week, so uh, we'll talk about that a little later. You are about to listen to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or, of course, on your trusty computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have some of the very best in jazz for the next three hours plus. We go on to uh, After Midnight, of course, as uh, we have been doing for quite a while. And uh, we have a whole selection of great music to play for you this evening. And tonight is our final jazz feature for May on drummer leaders. And our last drummer leader will be a gentleman named Arthur S. Taylor. Art Taylor. Art Taylor was born in New York City, April 6, 1929, to West Indian immigrants and uh, unfortunately succumbed to cancer on February 6, 1995. He was 65 years old. He was raised in the uh, Sugar Hill district of Harlem and was soon playing with, uh, well, these were all kids at the time, but his friends were Sonny Rollins, Kenny Drew, Jackie McLean, Elmo Hope, and others. And, uh, so, and of course, all these guys went on to become major musicians. He gained early experiences by working with um, trumpeter Howard McGee, a very underrated figure, great trumpet player, and tenor saxophone master Coleman Hawkins. And a little later on, he toured with uh, clarinetist Buddy DeFranco and then became a regular member of piano giant Bud Powell's trio. Arthur Taylor played and recorded with Charlie Parker and Lenny Tristano, and his associations with other bands and the uh, number of albums that he played on, um, it would take all night to mention them because he became one of the most recorded drummers in the 1950s and early 60s. And... um, he was quite an amazing musician. He, he did very few albums under his own name, despite the fact that he was in the recording studio. He was virtually the house drummer for Prestige Records. And, uh, uh, of course, he, he was one of John Coltrane's favorite drummers uh, at the time and is on a lot of very, very important uh, Coltrane albums, all Coltrane's early classic albums that he did for Prestige And, of course, he's on the famous Giant Steps album, too. Arthur Taylor played with literally, as I said, everybody. And, um, as I said, it would take a long time to mention all the musicians that he played and recorded with. He was on literally hundreds of recording sessions. And um, he uh, formed a band, um, kind of an ad hoc group in... 1957, and he called it Taylor's Whalers, and it included um, kind of a a round-robin 
personnel, whoever was available, but these were all his favorite musicians, John Coltrane, Frank Foster, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophones, people like Jackie McLean or Gigi Grice on alto saxophones, uh, Idris Suleiman, Donald Byrd uh, on trumpets, um, pianists like uh, Ray Bryant, Walter Davis Jr., Walter Bishop Jr., um, and bassists uh, Paul Chambers, um, Jamil Nasser, who was then known as George Joyner, and, and others. Um, he um, gigged with that band and recorded uh, an album for Prestige uh, with some of those people called Taylor's Whalers. And uh, as I mentioned before, um, very, very few albums under his own name. He actually recorded one called Taylor's Tenors, which included uh, Frank Foster and Charlie Rouse. Uh, which is a very, very fine album. Uh, he did an album under his own name for Blue Note Records, which uh, we uh, featured um, quite a while ago, actually, and it's called A.T.'s Delight. And uh, Art Taylor was known, uh, that, that was kind of his nickname based on his initials, and he was known as A.T. That's, his friends called him that. Mr. Taylor, around about 1963, became a little discouraged with the racial scene in the United States, and many of his friends had moved over to Europe, musicians that he worked with, and he decided to take the plunge, and packed it in, and he moved to Europe. And, of course, uh, he um, joined all kinds of uh, African-American expats over there and um, recorded and played with all kinds of people. Um, and continued to be very active. But at the time, he also worked on a book. And I think, in my estimation, it's one of the, the finest jazz books you could ever read. It's a series of interviews with such people as Miles Davis, Philly Joe Jones, Thelonious Monk, um, some of the movers and shakers of jazz. And of course, he he was close to all of those, and they opened up to um, Arthur Taylor and um, talked about a lot of very, very important things. The book is called Notes and Tones, and it was published in 1987. Um, and, of course, it's, be, it's been updated, and it really is, uh, to me and many others, essential reading. So if you really want to find a good book on jazz music, which is very revealing about many of these musicians, pick up notes and tones. Anyway, to continue the odyssey of uh, Arthur Taylor, our jazz feature artist, uh, he returned to New York in 1987 to um, help his ailing mother. And uh, he also freelanced and continued to play um, upon his return. And in 1991, he decided he wanted to gather a group of young, energetic musicians and resurrect a new version of Taylor's Wailers. And he did so. And this is the album that we're going to hear this evening. Uh, they did two albums, and unfortunately, um, after the second album, um, Arthur Taylor's illness uh, began to uh, um, affect his uh, uh, activities and, and so on. 
But uh, this was album was recorded in 1991, and it's called Taylor's Whalers. And that's the name of the band, and these are all young musicians. Um, Art Taylor, of course, was in his uh, 60s at the time, and these young musicians were in their 20s. And uh, it shows that there's no generation gap. He just wanted to surround himself with, with some uh, really, really creative young musicians. And this is a fine band, and we're going to hear this album. It's called Mr. A.T., and uh, it features the band Taylor's Whalers. On tenor saxophone is a young man by the name of Willie Williams, and he possesses a great sound and wonderful concept. The other saxophonist is an alto saxophonist in the band. His name, Abraham Burton, and both the horn players are just wonderful, and they blend together beautifully. The pianist is Mark Carey, and the bassist is Tyler Mitchell, and, of course, on drums, Mr. A.T. himself, Arthur Taylor. All of this was recorded for Angel Records, uh, December 9th, 1991. And we'll get to the music. Um, the first tune was written by one of Arthur Taylor's oldest friends, a drummer that he grew up with uh, in Harlem, uh, who went on to his own career, a drummer by the name of Walter Bolden. And he wrote a tune dedicated to Arthur Taylor and called it Mr. A.T. And that track opens up this album. So that's, that's the name of the first tune. The second tune should be familiar to some of you. It was written by Randy Weston. It's one of his most charming pieces of music. It's called High Fly. And tune number three is a very beautiful ballad written by pianist Mel Waldron, who, again, was uh, a very close friend of uh, uh, Mr. A.T., and um, John Coltrane, of course, recorded a, a wonderful version of, of this tune. And this band really treats it extremely well. And the tune, Soul Eyes, written by Mel Waldron. Tune number four is another composition by Walter Bolden, uh, A.T.'s friend, and it's called Bullet Train. Um, tune number five features uh, some... Uh, typical Arthur Taylor um, drumming. And uh, it's a piece that he wrote, and it's entitled It Doesn't Matter. That's the name of it. Tune number six was written by the great pianist Ahmad Jamal, and it's called Ahmad's Blues. And tune number seven, the final tune of the album, is a short version of composition by saxophonist Jimmy Heath, one of his most famous tunes called Gingerbread Boy. So that's the, the schedule of tunes. And once again, the personnel. Willie Williams, tenor saxophone. Abraham Burton, alto saxophone. Mark Carey on piano. Tyler Mitchell on bass. And the great Arthur Taylor on drums. Mr. A.T., our jazz feature. Thank you. 
Our jazz feature tonight, the great drummer Arthur Taylor, one of the most widely recorded drummers in jazz. And this was a band that Mr. Taylor put together after his return from Europe. From uh, He was over there for over 20 years, um, and he returned to uh, New York City, and specifically Harlem, where he grew up. And um, he had returned to take care of his mom. And, um, of course, he continued to be active, playing, and, and freelancing. And then he decided to form this particular band and resurrect the name Taylor's Whalers. Uh, he uh, had that name. He adopted that name on some uh, gigs that he did way back uh, in the 1950s and uh, when he was the leader. So he resurrected this name and, and um, put together a group of uh, young and very energetic musicians um, to make up this band. And uh, this was their very first album, recorded uh, in December of 1991. It came out on Angel Records, and it was called uh, Mr. A.T., Taylor's Wailers. And on tenor saxophone, we heard Willie Williams. On alto saxophone, we heard Abraham Burton. And on piano, Mark Carey. And on bass, Tyler Mitchell. And, of course, Arthur Taylor on drums, Mr. A.T. The first tune was written by a very dear friend, someone he grew up with in Harlem, uh, another fellow drummer and composer, by the name of Walter Bolden, and he wrote this tune dedicated to Arthur Taylor and entitled the tune Mr. A.T., and that was the first tune we heard on the set, and of course that's the title of the album as well. The second tune was a very familiar piece played by so many musicians, a jazz classic written by pianist Randy Weston, and we heard this band's version of High Fly. Tune number three began as a beautiful ballad. And, of course, that tune was written by Mel Waldron. And uh, it was recorded by John Coltrane and various other musicians. Very uh, beautiful ballad. And then the band took it uh, in some different directions. And we heard a lengthy version of Mel Waldron's composition entitled Soul Eyes. Then we moved to another Walter Bolden composition entitled Bullet trained. And then uh, a piece by Arthur Taylor, um, which featured um, the band and, uh, of course, uh, some drum work by Mr. Taylor. And that tune was called It Doesn't Matter. Then we moved to a snaky version of uh, a great classic tune by pianist Ahmad Jamal, and it was called Ahmad's Blues. And the final tune was written by Arthur Taylor's great friend, saxophonist Jimmy Heath, one of his most popular compositions. And we heard a short version by the band of Jimmy Heath's Gingerbread Boy. And that uh, wrapped up the album, Mr. A.T. And, of course, those of you that uh, are familiar with Art Arthur Taylor uh, know that he recorded with just about every musician of importance, from Thelonious Monk to Charlie Parker to Lenny Tristano, 
uh, just um, you could name off, and we could spend a whole night here naming the musicians that he worked with and backed up with, uh, or backed up and and uh, recorded with. And uh, of course, uh, I'd like to mention once more his great book, one of the best books on jazz you're ever going to read. Um, it's a series of interviews to specific questions uh, in the book put to the musicians uh, by Arthur Taylor himself. And, of course, he was close to everybody, Miles Davis, um, Thelonious Monk, um, all kinds of people are interviewed in the book. Uh, singer Carmen McRae, it's a great interview. The book is full of interv- interviews, and uh, Arthur Taylor had the book published uh, back in the 80s, and it's still one of the best books on jazz music that you could possibly read because these musicians um, respected one another and, of course, were very familiar with Arthur Taylor, so they opened up to him. And the book is called Notes and Tones, and uh, there is a brand-new revised version out um, with more interviews with uh, um, all kinds of people, and it's a great book uh, worth your time to read. Notes and Tones by Arthur Taylor, our jazz feature artist and our final drummer leader for the month of May. So I hope you enjoyed the music uh, on our jazz feature, and we shall be back uh, after a few words from, uh, well, not necessarily our sponsors. That, that's an old line, an old radio line. Now a few words from our sponsor. By the way, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we broadcast on FM frequency 101.9 on your FM dial, or if you listen on your computer, it's www.citr.ca. And we shall return momentarily with a tribute to a gentleman that had his birthday yesterday. He would have been 93. I'm talking about Miles Davis. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it wrong. I'm about to spit yeah. in this mic like <laughs> freestyle elfin, you know? Okay, okay. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Does this make sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, but <who> cares. <laughs> All right, let's go. <clears throat> Finally, we. <laughs> You're not even gonna last. Hey, right. Victoria's pretty good, not bad festival fountain. Just back from France, Montreal. <laughs> what the f? It's a script. <laughs> I couldn't even. What? Victoria's pretty good, not bad festival. <laughs> Fountain okay, just back from France. <laughs> what are you even saying here? Oh, you're trying to say these are the things oh, featured yeah, in yeah, this yeah. one. You should probably specify on. that. Because even a fucking elf couldn't understand that, okay? Think you can do better than an elf? At CITR, we want to have a variety of voices on the air. Want to write scripts? Do some voice acting? Broadcast your creativity? Volunteer with the CITR production department. No experience? We can also train you in everything required. Send an email to psas at citr.ca to learn more. And don't wait to get your voice on the air. The annual Sled Island Music and Arts Festival returns to Calgary from June 19th to 23rd, 2019. 
Discover over 250 bands, comedy, film, and art in more than 30 venues across the city. This year's festival features guest curator Julian Baker, acclaimed indie pop artist Japanese Breakfast, the incomparable hip-hop stylings of Rhapsody, experimental noise rapper JPEG Mafia, subversive hip-hop artist Leaf, raspy indie folk favorites Hop Along, anthemic grunge rockers Bully, and over 180 more artists still to be announced. To see the current lineup and to get your festival pass, visit sledisland.com. going to have a really nice week of wonderful weather. In terms of the forecast here, uh, I can tell you officially uh, tonight there'll be a few clouds with a low of 14. And then tomorrow will be a mix of sun and cloud, but a very pleasant day with a low of 14 and highs between 21 and 24. Then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, And Sunday, there's only one word in the forecast, and that's sunny. Temperatures will be down to about uh, 13, 12 or 13, uh, and they'll rise to about 21 or 22 for the rest of the week. And (laughs) that's basically it. It's going to be really, really nice if you can get out there and uh, just uh, enjoy and there'll be some beautiful sunsets as usual. And uh, there it is. Beautiful, sunny Vancouver weather. Mm-hmm. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or for live streaming, www.citr.ca. We're going to continue now with the jazz show. And, of course, yesterday would have been the 93rd birthday of a musician that shaped the sound of jazz. Um, And, of course, uh, did so many things. Um, It's really hard to categorize someone like Miles Davis. Um, He transformed the music uh, so many times uh, over his career, and he's just amazing. Miles Davis, um, innovator on the trumpet, of course, a great band leader, and uh, just uh, a, a musical um, monument. And, of course, what we're going to do to pay tribute to Miles is play you um, a recording session from the 50s. And this was uh, done in April of 1954, and it's a classic session in many ways, and it's, uh, it's an interesting one as well. Uh, Miles had, um, in the early 50s, anybody that's read any biography on Miles Davis, um, he, had, he was saddled with a, a bad heroin habit, 
And uh, he managed to, uh, he went back to his parents' uh, farm uh, outside of St. Louis. His dad was a very prominent uh, dentist. And uh, Miles went back to the family farm and uh, got himself off the drug just through sheer will and uh, returned to New York City um, and really began to uh, assert his uh, musicality. It's not that uh, it wasn't lacking before, but of course um, he was saddled with this uh, unfortunate uh, uh, drug habit. But he was back in form when he recorded this album on a sunny day, April 3rd, 1954, and put together a wonderful band, including a very obscure alto saxophonist by the name of Davy Schilderkraut. And um, um, this, in a blindfold test, uh, several musicians mistook Davy Schilderkraut for um, Charlie Parker. And uh, I don't think anybody would do that today, but uh, Schilderkraut had, had a rather rocky career. Uh, he was a bit of an eccentric, and, um, uh, but he was a very, very respected and very creative musician. And how he got on this date with Miles, I have no idea. Um, apparently, uh, Miles had, had heard him. Uh, Schilderkraut had just come off the road with Stan Kenton's band, and uh, perhaps Miles heard him somewhere in the country and invited him to uh, be his uh, partner on this date. And so we have Miles, of course, on trumpet, Davy Schilderkraut on alto saxophone, Horace Silver, who was Miles' favorite piano player at the time, uh, and Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we have... Uh, we, we're going to listen to the, uh, the full uh, session, which involved four tunes recorded for Prestige Records. The first tune was actually, uh, Miles took credit for this tune, but it, it was actually written by guitarist Chuck Wayne. I think Miles changed a few notes on, on, uh, or a couple of notes on, on the melody of this tune and uh, decided to brand it under his own name. Miles did this a few times, of course. Um, anyway... The tune is called Solar. Second tune that we're going to hear, um, Dave Schilderkraut does not play on this one, but it's a feature for Miles, and it's a beautiful rendition of the famous tune, You Don't Know What Love Is, written by Ray and DePaul. Tune number three is another standard, uh, written by Sammy Kahn, and it's entitled Love Me or Leave Me, and um, Schilderkraut is back on this one. And the final tune is another composition by Ray and DePaul, great songwriters. And it's, it became a standard uh, jazz tune for every musician to play. The tune is I'll Remember April. So we're going to hear the entire session, which was put out on Prestige Records uh, back in the 50s. And um, here we are, Miles on trumpet. Davy Schilderkraut on alto saxophone, Horace Silver on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. Mm-hmm. 
As a small tribute to the 93rd birthday anniversary of Miles Davis, actually which happened yesterday because he was born on uh, May the 26th, um, I chose to play some vintage Miles Davis from a recording session that he did uh, in 1954 for Prestige Records uh, with a specially organized quintet with Miles, of course, on trumpet, and the obscure alto saxophonist, undeservedly, Davy Schildkraut. And, of course, um, that beautiful sound he had, uh, he's a very, uh, very unique player. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, he had a rather um, up-and-down uh, career in music, but he was uh, widely respected. Dave Schilderkraut on alto saxophone. On piano, Miles' favorite piano player from that period, Horace Silver. And on bass, Percy Heath. And on drums, the great Kenny Clark. And, of course, a master at, uh, at brushes. All of this was uh, recorded April 3rd, 1954. And uh, the opening tune has been credited to Miles, but actually it was written by guitarist Chuck Wayne. And Miles changed a note or two on the melody and um, appropriated the, uh, the, uh, the tune. But uh, that's the way it was back in those days. And uh, the tune, of course, is solar. The second piece of music we heard was a ballad um, by Ray and DePaul. And uh, Dave Schilderkraut um, was out on this tune. It was just Miles and the group. And he did a beautiful version of You Don't Know What Love Is. And then uh, Davy Schilderkraut was back on the next tune, up-tempo version of a tune by Sammy Kahn called Love Me or Leave Me. And the final tune was Miles' variations on a, uh, another Ray DePaul tune entitled I'll Remember April. And, of course, that became a jazz standard. Everybody had to learn that tune and play it. I'll Remember April. Miles Davis on trumpet, Davy Schildkraut on alto saxophone, Horace Silver on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. Famous 
And I think lesser known uh, session. That that's one of the reasons I uh, I thought I'd program it tonight. And so I hope you enjoy those four tunes from this. Uh, it came out on a ten inch prestige album. It was issued back in the fifties. Classic Miles Davis, dedicated to his celebrating his uh, what would have been his ninety third birthday. One of the great movers and shakers in jazz music. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or, of course, for live streaming on your computer, www.citr.ca. Speaking of um, the uh, websites, we have a couple that I always mention. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. Now, of course... um, All the performers have been announced uh, for this year's Jazz Festival. There are catalogs, um, printed catalogs, which you can pick up at at different locations, at different banks, uh, well, the TD Bank, and uh, uh, shops and all that kind of stuff. Um, Or you can order one from uh, Coastal Jazz and uh, have a a printed program of uh, all the events that are happening at this year's Jazz Festival, or you can simply go online and find out as well. So, and you can purchase tickets, you can do all that kind of stuff, and also you can uh, get the schedule of uh, that great club down on Beattie Street called Frankie's Jazz Club, which, of course, is um, programmed by Corey Weeds, and also sponsored by Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. So, that is one of those things that you can look into, and that's coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website, of course, is vancouverjazz.com, and uh, that's put together by my old friend Brian Nation, and uh, kept up to date. There's all kinds of interesting links on that site as well. So, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. Don't forget, great jazz music by some of our finest resident musicians every Saturday afternoon at Pat's Pub, which, of course, is down at the downtown east side in the, in the uh, historic Patricia Hotel, every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7. Some of our finest musicians play there, and... Uh, the nice thing about it, it doesn't cost you a dime. No cover. And you can uh, nurse a coffee or a beer or whatever and listen in uh, very good uh, acoustics in, in that particular club and some really, really fine music. So every Saturday afternoon, pays to get there early because it's a very popular event. Rain or shine, uh, the place is always packed. And, of course, uh, featuring many of our finest musicians. Pat's Pub, check it out. All right, we will be back in just a moment after this. Join us for the very best in bluegrass, old time, classic country, Cajun, rockabilly, and western swing. Every Tuesday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We start at 6 with bluegrass, roots, and branches. Then focus on mostly bluegrass at 6.30. Join your hosts, Arthur Berman and the lovely Andrea. We'll start off your day right. 
Tune in to African Rhythms every Friday from 7.30 to 9 o'clock with your host, David Love Jones, as he plays a heavyweight selection of classics from the past, present, and future. This includes jazz, soul, hip-hop, Afro-Latin, funk, and eclectic Brazilian rhythms. Lots of people, they take it like a game. A little while ago, I was uh, kind of had this tune that we're going to hear now, or this was buzzing around in my head, and I realized that I hadn't listened to this album for many, many years. And, uh, you know, sometimes these things happen. And, of course, uh, there was one time when I listened to this album a lot, of course, and uh, it was like a deja vu. We're going to take you back to the Village Vanguard, 1961. And the John Coltrane Ensemble. All of this was recorded um, in November of 1961. Eventually, all these recordings, everything that was done uh, during this engagement for about five nights um, has been issued on a special uh, deluxe box set. However, for the time that uh, this music first came out uh, on records, it was John Coltrane, he was still very much alive, and he selected um, five pieces to be issued by Impulse Records. Uh, He listened to all the um, stuff that they recorded and picked uh, these five uh, or picked five pieces that uh, he uh, put his um, stamp of approval on for release. And we're going to hear one of those pieces. And it features, um, of course, John Coltrane on soprano saxophone and his alter ego at the time. He had just joined the band and he stayed with the band until March of 1962, um, multi-instrumentalist Eric Dolphy. And, of course, Dolphy played uh, not only the alto saxophone and the flute, but he's heard here on his other instrument, which is the bass clarinet. And uh, formidable Eric Dolphy. So soprano saxophone, John Coltrane, Eric Dolphy, bass clarinet. McCoy Tyner is at the piano, and there are two bass players on here, Reggie Workman and Jimmy Garrison. And Jimmy Garrison eventually became uh, Coltrane's regular bass player as uh, Reggie Workman left uh, about a month after this uh, engagement. And, of course, on drums, the redoubtable Elvin Jones. And this is a piece of music Coltrane was fascinated with a lot of world music and uh, he put this piece of music together and uh, um, dedicated it to the music of India and he called it India. So I hope you enjoy it. Coltrane at the Village Vanguard.
That was recorded at the Village Vanguard in November of 1961. John Coltrane in his composition, India. And it featured uh, Mr. Coltrane on soprano saxophone, Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet, McCoy Tyner at the piano, and two bass players, Jimmy Garrison and Reginald Workman on acoustic basses, and Elvin Jones on drums. And, of course, um, as I mentioned before uh, on this album, uh, which is called Live at the Village Vanguard, The Master Takes, uh, there are five tunes on this album, all um, hand-picked by John Coltrane because they, uh, they went in and recorded um, about four nights, five nights, at the uh, Village Vanguard, everything. And uh, Coltrane listened and picked five um, pieces that he wanted the world to hear. And, of course, they were issued in his lifetime. And um, he was the man that uh, chose um, these versions because um, if you acquire the set called the Complete Village Vanguard, which was uh, issued after, of course, many, many years after Coltrane's death, um, they issued everything. And um, they uh, it's kind of interesting because there's three or four different uh, versions of the same tune. And uh, these were the ones that... Uh, that Coltrane picked. So we heard this composition, um, and as I mentioned before, uh, Coltrane was interested in all kinds of world music, and he was especially intrigued by the classical music of India, as a lot of people were, you know, Ravi Shankar and Ali Akbar Khan and all those people. And uh, he wrote this little piece of music and entitled it India, John Coltrane. We're going to change the pace a little bit and present a vocalist. This gentleman is still alive and still performs occasionally. He's, uh, he's quite elderly, but he's held in very high esteem. But this uh, goes back to uh, the mid-60s when this was recorded, and the gentleman was a little younger. <laughs> and his name is Ernie Andrews, and he is performing here with the Cannonball Adderley Quintet, with Julian Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Joe Zavanol on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And all of this was recorded at the Lighthouse uh, in Hermosa Beach in California in uh, 1964, and we're going to hear three tunes. We're going to hear Cannonball's introduction to uh, Ernie Andrews, and then a, a composition called Big City, and um, written by a guy named Mark Jenkin. A anyway, that's the first tune we're going to hear. The second tune is entitled The Next Time I See You, and that was written by somebody named Earl Forrest. And then we're going to um, move to a tune, a famous tune, written by Nat Adderley. And we all know that that's going to be Work Song. And it was Oscar Brown Jr. that uh, composed the words to that tune. So three tunes featuring the Cannonball Adderley Quintet and the vocal stylings of the inimitable Ernie Andrews. First of all, there are people on earth who really 
can get with Ernie Andrews right down to what he's talking about into the middle of the nitty gritty. <laughs> now, <laughs> thank you. Since we know this is possible, right now we're going to take care of business. Here's the great Ernie Andrews, ladies and gentlemen.
Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang. Breaking rock and serving my time. Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang. 
Because I've been convicted of crime Hold it steady right there while I hit it Well, I reckon, yeah, that ought to get it I've been working I've been working And I still got so terrible long to go I heard the judge say five years hard labor On a chain gang, you're gonna go I heard the judge say five hard labor Heard my woman scream, oh Lord, and no Hold it steady right there while I get it Great God Almighty, yeah, that ought to get it Because I'm working, because I'm working And I still got so terrible long to go I want to see my sweet honey baby I'm gonna break this chain off and run I gotta find a tree nice and shady Lord knows it's a hot in the sun Well, hold it steady right there while I hit it up uh, Well, I reckon, yeah, that ought to get it Because I'm working, I've been working And I've still got to table on the go Well, breaking them rocks, breaking them rocks Breaking them rocks all night long Breaking these rocks
It's one more night without sleeping. Oh, I'm a watching till that morning comes creeping. I said, Green Door, what's that secret you're keeping? Well, now there's an old piano that they swing real hot behind the green door. Doing, but they fall a lot behind the green door. Yes, I wish they'd let me in so I could know what's in behind the green door. Well, you know, I knocked once, tried to tell them I'd been there.
enthusiastic audience at Hermosa Beach at the White House, listening to the Cannonball Adderley Quintet with vocal stylings by the inimitable Ernie Andrews. And Ernie is still around. He's 91 years old, and he still performs occasionally. And uh, these, uh, this was recorded in 1964 when uh, he was just a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. And Cannibal Adderley was still alive as his brother um, uh, was as well, Nat. So we heard Cannibal Adderley, of course, on alto saxophone, Nat Adderley, Cannon's brother on cornet, Joe Zavanoel on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and the one living member in this band, Louis Hayes on drums, and of course, Ernie Andrews. And uh, we heard the voice of Cannibal introducing uh, Ernie, and then we uh, moved into a tune entitled Big City. And after that, we heard a tune called The Next Time I See You. And then we moved to um, Nat Adderley's most famous composition with the words by Oscar Brown Jr. That, of course, was the work song. And the final tune was uh, an old classic uh, from way back from the 50s called The Green Door. There you go. Ernie Andrews with the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. Well, we're going to continue with some music by Cannonball Adderley, but this is uh, with a few uh, changes in personnel, and this is recorded in Seattle uh, a few years later at the Penthouse Jazz Club in Seattle. Nothing to do with the Penthouse here in Vancouver. Uh, The Penthouse was uh, one of the leading jazz clubs um, on the West Coast. And, of course, it was centered in Seattle. Everybody played there. Uh, Coltrane, uh, Cannonball Adderley played there many times, Wes Montgomery, Miles Davis, uh, and so many artists played at uh, at the penthouse in Seattle. So we return there for this performance by the Cannonball Adderley Quintet with, of course, Mr. Adderley, the redoubtable Mr. Adderley on alto saxophone, Nat, his brother, on cornet. Joe Zavanel was still with the band on piano, but this time Victor Gaskin is playing bass, and the great Roy McCurdy is on drums. And we're going to hear uh, a brief introduction by my good friend Jim Wilkie, uh, who was responsible for um, finding these recordings. And we're going to hear Joe Zavano's incredible composition called 74 Miles Away. Welcome to half an hour of jazz live and direct from the penthouse just off Pioneer Square here in the heart of old Seattle. Tonight, another set with Cannonball Adderley in the quintet, beginning with a tune written by Joe Zavano, the pianist with the quintet. Named for Clay Ellum or something like that. It's called 74 Miles Away. Cannonball Adderley.
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's called 74 Miles Away. Yes, 74 Miles Away, written by Joe Zavinol, and, of course, played by the Cannonball Adderley Quintet with uh, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Cannonball, you heard his voice, and Brother Nat on cornet, Joe Zavinul, the composer at the piano, Victor Gaskin on bass, and Roy McCurdy on drums, all recorded at the uh, Penthouse in Seattle back in 1967. And we heard the, uh, the voice of uh, DJ and uh, jazz connoisseur Jim Wilkie um, introduced this piece of music as well. 74 Miles Away. This is from an album called Swingin' in Seattle, live at the Penthouse. Um, performances that uh, Jim Wilkie had in his uh, collection, and these were all collated on this uh, wonderful CD, uh, which is issued by Creative BC. And, of course, um, it's on a label called Real to Real, and um, it was coordinated and co-produced by none other than Corey Weeds. And, of course, he was involved in the production of this uh, wonderful album, Cannibal Adderley, Swingin' in Seattle, live at the Penthouse, 1966 to 1967. Worthwhile, worth putting in your jazz collection. Okay, we're going to move now. Just to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. I'd just like to remind you that on June the 17th is going to be a very special edition of The Jazz Show. It's the annual Jazz Festival edition of the Jazz Show. And, of course, I'm going to have my good friend and uh, founding father of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, Mr. John Orsick, um, on the show. He's going to uh, bring a whole bunch of uh, music and talk about it. And I'm going to sit back and let John program the music and and discuss it, and we'll have uh, just a fine old time. And that's going to be on the jazz show on June the 17th, just before the jazz festival starts on the 21st. So mark that on your calendars. This is a piece of music written by Hugh Masakila, the great uh, South African trumpeter, composer, singer, performer, um, who just passed away. He wrote this tune, and this is a tune that I used to play when I worked with the late, great Hammond organist who was from Calgary and lived in Vancouver for many years, Bernie Sneed. And Bernie ran a club, which is where the B.C. Tell building is on Seymour Street, called The Lion's Tale. 
and it catered. Um, it was a late night club, and it catered to the um, Black American and Black Canadian population. And the um, Bernie, of course, was from a Black Canadian family. He was he was raised in Calgary, along with his brother Floyd, um, a wonderful drummer who went on to play with uh, a band called Three Dog Night. Uh, Bernie moved later on uh, after um, living in Vancouver for many years. He moved to Los Angeles and uh, passed away about a year, well, a little over a year ago. Anyway, I enjoyed working with Bernie. Um, in the band was um, a fine drummer from Los Angeles named Michael Jones. Albert St. Albert um, often joined us on percussion. And Henry Young was playing guitar. And another wonderful saxophone player by the name of Bob Harvey. And uh, Bar Bob uh, later on moved back to his hometown of Los Angeles, and he passed away a few years ago and myself, and we used to play this tune, and every time I hear it, it, it brings back memories of the Lion's Tale and, and Bernie. Um, the club was active in the early 70s um, in Vancouver. Anyway, what we're going to hear on this is this tune, and it's called Son of Ice Bag. <laughs> There's a story behind that. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, and the people involved here, and the leader, is Dr. Lonnie Smith on the Hammond organ with Marion Booker on drums, Melvin Sparks on guitar, David Fathead Newman on tenor saxophone, and the great Lee Morgan on trumpet. And we're going to hear this performance. It's from an album by... Uh, Lonnie Smith, before he became Dr. Lonnie Smith. And um, this is an album that was issued on Blue Note Records called Think. And uh, as I mentioned, this, this tune reminds me of the times when I used to play this tune. Anyway, this is a wonderful version of Son of Vice Bag.
composition by Hugh Masakila, and the title of that was Son of Ice Bag. And that was played by Dr. Lonnie Smith on the Hammond organ, leading Melvin Sparks on guitar, Marion Booker on drums, David Fathead Newman on tenor saxophone, and the great Lee Morgan on trumpet. And that was recorded uh, for Blue Note Records back in 1968. Lonnie Smith, and the album is entitled Think. There's a version of uh, Aretha Franklin's famous tune on there. We'll hear that sometime. We're going to move now to a great Canadian. I'm talking about trumpeter Maynard Ferguson, the late Maynard Ferguson. He was born in Montreal, raised in Montreal, and, of course, went on for, to great fame um, as a trumpeter for Stan Kenton's orchestra and then eventually formed his own band. And this was one of his uh, latter-day bands, and it featured a group of young musicians. And uh, he called this band Big Bop Nouveau. And, of course, Maynard is heard on trumpet, this is a piece of music called Cruisin' for a Bluesin'. And it was composed by a gentleman, a ranger, composer, named uh, Andy Weiner. And uh, Maynard is heard on trumpet. And, and the uh, incredible saxophone section, led by um, uh, Christopher Holliday on alto saxophone, uh, Matt Wallace on tenor, uh, Gene Burkert on tenor, and Glenn Coster on baritone saxophone. And most of the other musicians, um, I don't think you'll recognize their names or anything, but they're all really, really good. But uh, this piece of music features, of course, as I mentioned, Maynard, um, the leader on trumpet, and uh, all the saxophones get a workout on this one. Cruisin' for a bluesin'. Maynard Ferguson and Big Bop Nouveau. We'll hear that track uh, some other time. <laughs> That's Herbie Hancock's tune, Chameleon. Uh, I, I programmed the CD wrong. So we're going to hear Cruisin' for a Bluesin', and we may hear Chameleon after. We'll see. But uh, after giving you a big build-up to Cruisin' for a Bluesin', we've got to hear this one. So here we go.
Yeah, well, that was a piece about something that everybody would like. It's called Money in the Pocket. And it was written by Joe Zavinol. Uh, and, of course, he played the piano on this piece, Bob Cranshaw on bass, Roy McCurdy on drums, and Clifford Jordan, a great Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, and Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Money in the Pocket. And before that, we heard the Maynard Ferguson band, Big Bop Nouveau, and we heard a great piece of music called Cruisin' for a Bluesin'. And uh, I mistakenly <laughs> played a, a different track before that started, but we'll hear that some other time. Um, maybe next week, uh, as a matter of fact, we'll hear Herbie Hancock's uh, a chameleon and a bunch of other tunes played by this uh, great band led by the late and wonderful and Canadian-born Maynard Ferguson, Big Bop Nouveau. And, of course, that featured Maynard on trumpet and um, all the saxophone players in the band as well. Cruisin' for a bluesin'. All right. That's it for this edition of The Jazz Show. And we hope that you enjoyed uh, some of it or all of it and whatever you stuck around for. So we'd like to thank you very much and remind you that we'll be back next week, 9 p.m. every Monday on CITR for The Jazz Show. And I'm your host, Gavin Walker. On behalf of CITR 101.9 and or www.citr.ca for live streaming, we bid you a fond good morning and take care. Enjoy the weather for the next week. Bye for now. Do but do 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 do
Thank you.